This episode of a Top 3 Podcast is brought to you by our friends and proud parents over at the Rat Hour Podcast with Rat Boy. It's your one-stop shop for discovering what's in Tim Allen's trash this week, dirty work quotes with no context, and rabid praise of the Cincinnati Reds' bullpen. And just for our listeners, brought to you by the grace of the tube, here's a sneak peek at this week's episode of the Rat Hour with Rat Boy. Yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. Rat Boy. They had one of the best videos of all time. One of the best videos of all time. Oh, that Rat Boy, he sure is something, huh? Well, if you want to find out what's really going on, you got to tune in to the Rat Hour with Rat Boy, part of the Tube Podcast Network. All right, let's start the show. And uh, this, uh, this is a top three podcast. Three, two, What's up, everybody? We are a top three podcast where we honor the time old tradition of listing our favorite things and arguing about it. Today's topic is the top three bands or musicians that we slept on. Before we start, if you would like to support the show, please tell your friends. Maybe uh, here's what you can do. Okay, you guys ready for this one? No, let me prepare myself. Hold up. Yeah, sit down for this one. Everyone out there, go ahead. If you would like to support the show. Uh, what you can do is uh, get a job at your local cable service provider, and uh, when you go to your customers' houses, act really creepy, talk about a top three podcast a lot. <laughs> Maybe uh, when they're not home, you install an expensive home theater system free of charge uh, in return for them uh, hearing you talk about a top three podcast. And then as time goes, you keep upping the ante until you're forced to follow them to the top of a satellite dish to make sure that they understand <laughs> that they should be listening to a top three podcast. Dave, did you just cable guy everybody? I sure as hell did. <laughs> now, whether or not you fall off the cable dish at the end is your choice. I think that that's a bad idea, but if you're super committed, maybe. I mean, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you what to do, okay? He's just making also, a suggestion. Yeah, just just making suggestions. Just talking out loud here. No, uh, no harm, no harm intended. Um, what you can also do is uh, subscribe if you haven't. Give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you can, and follow our social media pages at a top three podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Keep your eyes out for listener calls where we tell you our upcoming topics, and you can participate by leaving your own top threes. So those go out on Fridays in the U.S. And keep your eyes on those pages and you can participate. Check the episode description for links to those various pages. So I am Dave Jackson and joining me today is Aaron Angle. Actually, The Cable Guy is one of my favorite all-time movies. So we know what Aaron's going to do after the podcast is over. Look at pictures of Jim Carrey's teeth in that movie. <laughs> also joined today by Alan Nichols. 
Hi, everybody. Fan favorite Bloodbath McGrath. Hey, I'm not cooking my microphone tonight. None of us are dang cooking anything tonight. That's all. You tell him, Bloodbath. Not yet. And joining <laughs> us is a very special guest, our good friend, top three enthusiast, Chris Nelson. Hey, guys. What up, Chris? Hey, Chris. I don't have anything smart to say. And part-time Sneptaf drummer. Oh yeah, that was that's, that's right. We were, in his, we were in his basement one time. Just really quickly before we go into this, everybody should know that me, Alan, David, Bloodbath were in a band in high school called Sineptaf. It's fat penis spelled backwards. Uh, one time, Chris said he was going to drum for us. I actually wanted to talk about this tonight. I'm glad we got into it early. And we, we went over to his house, and we were like, "He's like, all right, so what songs do you know?" And we're like, "Oh, we know this Green Day song, and we know this the Who song." And Chris's like, "Hmm, let's like play video games or something." And it was yeah. very funny. I do remember that's how it went. We did get some like cool pictures of us playing instruments. Yeah. Which yes. like made it look like we were a band that practiced more than once every three Oh my months. god, dude. On MySpace, it made me a god for like three Hell weeks, yeah, dude. hell yeah. <laughs> there was a pretty cool Green Day poster in the background, so that was that was fun. Chris, I just remember your dad kept coming in and like making fun of us because we just kept playing video games instead of playing and instead of practicing. He was getting very annoyed. He was getting annoyed that we were quiet. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, break something, god damn it. If it's not Iron Maiden, I don't think he's gonna really respect any of it. <laughs> I actually think you actually said like, hey, there's not enough Iron Maiden uh, for me. That was back when I was in a phase where I was wearing long sleeve shirts under short sleeve shirts. <laughs> I think everybody had that phase. Mine lasted nine years. Yeah, so it's, I think uh, for some of us, it's not a phase. It's a uh, it's an actual way of life. So, but I just wanted to say, Chris, you you you're you're a really good friend, man. I'm super happy you're here tonight, dude. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to do this one. Yeah, this was uh, this was your topic that you brought to the show, and we're super excited to get started. So, if this is your first time listening to the show, the way it works is we've all picked our top three. Uh, bands or musicians that we've slept on and we are going to take turns going around everyone says they're number three uh taking turns then we move to number twos haha <laughs> number ones and honorable mentions <laughs> at the end it took you 29 episodes to laugh at a number <laughs> to laugh two at, joke to laugh at the word at the phrase number twos yeah this is peak dave dude this is it's only getting worse as time goes so just stay tuned everybody so Today's topic is the bands or musicians that we slept on. And we talked a little bit before the show about like what that actually means. To me, it meant one of two things. I heard of the band or the musician, and I either I hated on them for no reason, which is something that I did a lot of when I was younger, or I was just like, uh, you know, a Radiohead. No, I don't really want to listen to them. Or like they have a name I don't like or something like that. It's like, oh, Death Cab for Cutie? I'm definitely never listening to them. That name is stupid. But they have that one song that makes me cry. <laughs> I think that's funny. Like, Okay, so I was low-key floating Death Cab in my head tonight. And I think it's really funny that you said it's that one song that makes me cry. Because I feel like everybody has one Death Cab song that makes them cry. And everybody has a different one. I low-key was floating that on my list for a minute, too. Yeah, I don't know. 
I liked Death Cab. So I yeah, mean, you you did. I know. You did. He wasn't sleeping. He was wide awake. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of our definition for like what it means to sleep on a band, uh, so or a musician. So I think like within those two categories, I think that's what we're all working with, right? Yeah, yep. for sure. I think um I think for me it was definitely, you know, I was told I think a lot of these come back to like high school for sure a lot of people were like oh you should listen check these guys out you should check these guys out i really like these guys and it was either it was mostly just like now nah, i'm just not even gonna give it a shot i feel if i listen to it and i took me a while to get into it that doesn't quite count it's got to be someone like i just was like no nah, i just completely ignored or just flew over my head or i just didn't know about exactly Yeah, that's like two-thirds of my list is that yeah like high school was like a major time for me hating on music for no reason so we're gonna it is a person yeah absolutely (laughs) it's my goddamn right as an american to make opinions without any information which is funny because i feel like in high school was when we all like all we ever did was talk about music especially like discovering a lot of music so there's always a lot man did you check this out yet like it's you know definitely interesting so so I'm going to get us started. Uh, we're going to do that thing again where uh, because listening to music in the episodes is a lot of fun. Uh, so we're going to uh, listen to some music from the number three band that I slept on. My number three band that I slept on is Slipknot. Slipknot's my number three. And the reason uh, the reason for Slipknot is purely just like, like what, I don't know, just trying to like be cool and associate with things that I thought were cool back in like back in high school when I first heard of Slipknot. And I definitely did not think Slipknot was cool. And I did not think that like, people who wore slipknot shirts were cool i'm not saying i was right for that it's probably a really shitty uh like worldview to have but i was just like i am never listening to slipknot fuck that they got nine people on stage that's too many i'm not listening to them but i was super wrong slipknot's fucking great i've seen them live in concert they should have 45 people on stage because that was a hell of an experience seeing what's (laughs) going on there they're just all wearing the costumes yeah so I, I attribute my like getting into Slipknot to a friend of mine, uh, AJ, who was living with us for a semester in college, who's a big Slipknot fan. And he turned me on to them. And he was like, because I respect him. And he was like, no, actually, Slipknot, Slipknot's awesome. And I listened and I was like, you are right, sir. They are awesome. So, yeah, that's my number three, Slipknot. What, what album? Was there a specific, specific album or song that turned you around? It's the their first album. It was like the first 
couple of songs on it, I think, like Eyeless and uh, Sick. Those uh, those were the first couple songs I heard, and I was like, holy fuck, this is angry. I'm into it. <laughs> See, and I had a different kind of experience where it was more like uh, uh, I was too... Uh, I don't know the exact word for it, but they weren't metal enough for me. But then I went back and listened to them actually somewhat recently, and they're they're a pretty good band all all together. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm I'm not a huge Slipknot fan. Um, I feel like there's a lot of Slipknot on a lot of lists in the listener responses, so I don't I don't quite get it, but that's cool. Um, and I agree. I always saw the kids wearing Slipknot shirts, so I was just like, I'm just not into it. And uh, it's definitely, you know, a shitty, like, teenage, like, worldview. But I feel like that's going to play a lot into a lot of people's lists where it's like, you kind of, like, judge the other fans. And you're like, I don't think I'm in with those kids, so. Yeah. Like, in my head, the Slipknot fans and the ICP fans were the same people. And they might have been the same people, but it was, like, the same type of, like, thing where it was like do i want to hang out with like all the icp people and w- in like junior high where like <laughs> we were like right, each other super hard and identify as juggalos and juggalettes yeah like go ahead i'm not saying i'm not saying that like that's the correct worldview to have i'm just saying like everyone is a judgmental piece of shit back in like junior high and high school so i'm not I, i'm not like innocent of it either and that's why i didn't want to listen to slipknot yeah, but I'll reference the Workaholics episode. <laughs> Fair enough. I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I love how now I love how angry and like raw early Slipknot is. It's like, you know, like where we grew up is not like insanely boring and depressing, I don't think. I mean, I don't have that view of like our hometown. But, like, that's what growing up in, like, a super depressing and, like, boring-as-fuck place in the middle of Iowa will give you is, like, the first couple of Slipknot records. So, yeah, that's my number three. Um, we can move on to uh, Aaron and listen to some music from Aaron's number three. God, that is such a sick fucking song. Okay, my number three is going to be Streetlight Manifesto. Um, it's no secret that I'm a huge fan of ska, right? And it's like I had heard of Streetlight Manifesto and I had heard like a song or two. Uh, and I was just like, okay, whatever. Like, it's just angry ska. Like I'm not angry. I want happy ska, like less than Jake or, <laughs> or like real big fish. Like Streetlight Manifesto is angry and they curse. Like that's, that's not what I'm looking for. I want, we're all dudes. You know what I mean? Uh, so, uh, but when I was in college, I had a girlfriend and her name was Sarah and she was obsessed 
with Streetlight Manifesto. Uh, and I and I started listening to them kind of on the tail end of when I left school and I was like into them and that was cool. And recently I've gone through another like really big ska phase over the last like year or so. Uh, and I've listened to basically every single st- song that Streetlight Manifesto has done. And I, I think they are far and beyond the best ska band uh so i i, I kind of like you know just like in like sleeping on them too yeah i knew they were and i wasn't impressed but maybe i wasn't at a point in my life where i was ready to be that kind of angry you know what i mean uh but to this day like now i i just they are the best ska band and so that's why streetlight manifesto is my number three you've opened up your chakras Love heart. (laughs) (laughs) Angry Scott. I just like angry Scott is as angry as I could get. Like I can't go just full on like slipknot. (laughs) Like that's just that's just not my being, bro. Like I like slipknot and I didn't talk about that because I know like two slipknot songs and they shred, but like shredding is not really what I'm looking for. I want some I want some upbeat brass. You know what I mean? And a guy who can't sing and is just yelling. Like, you know, that's what I want. So uh, but yeah, they're just great. And I think anybody who listens to ska would attest like they are probably the best ska band or at least in that top realm. I mean, Everything Goes Numb is one of like my top 10 favorite albums of all time. Like I want to get that on vinyl and put it on my wall. It's it, it's 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 brilliant. It's like it's like uh, like a- any album that you love that's in your top list, like almost every song on it hits. They're very good. Was there a specific I don't really album? Know anything about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, everything goes numb. Yeah, that's that. That's the one that has like you know eight of their like fifteen best songs. But go ahead, Chris. Said I don't really know anything about them, and I don't recognize the album. I know the name, but were they like, were they like a punk band that went ska, or were they like on the cutting edge of ska? So I, I, I so I feel <laughs> like the Bloodbath's laughing because he knows I can't answer this the way that he okay. could answer this, right? But what what I will Sorry. say is like. No, no, I, I, I like everything goes numb is their second album and it is heavy, heavy Scott. And their first album is kind of like like a feeler. I, I wouldn't I would never call them punk is what I would say, but I would also never call them like on the cutting edge of Scott either. Like, you know, they weren't as, you know, quote unquote, like commercialized as real big fish or less than Jake was. You know what I mean? So but they 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 are a very punky ska band is what I would say. Because like when I think of angry ska, I think of no effects. I yeah, don't, right. I, you know, and that's that's. I guess I never really looked at no effects as ska. I don't. I I think they're angry, but I think it's more directed towards ska, whereas no effects is more directed towards punk. Yeah, yeah. Like, no effects gets into ska in some of their songs, but they're not. I wouldn't call them a ska band like Streetlight is. No effects definitely like has straight up ska songs, but. Yeah, it's weird, dude. Streetlight's like one of those ska bands that on paper I should like, and I just don't like it that much. Um, I think it's because when I want anger, if we're calling it that, I don't listen to ska at all. I'll go listen to Slipknot or something like that. Streetlight's okay. They're just a very specific flavor of ska, and there's a lot more out there. Although I will... But, I mean, they're not bad. I mean, that's a cool choice. I like the band. They uh, They have a... They have a really cool cover of Such Great Heights by Iron Iron Wine. That's pretty neat. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And and I don't know if I'm right on this, but I think it's like what I what I read one time was that it's like one guy writes all the music like he uses his piano to like 
measure out the trumpets and the trauma all, all of the brass stuff and then like he brings them into the studio and he's like all right this is what i want it to be and they just record it and go boom like and again i don't know the guy's name because i don't know the guy's name but uh <laughs> if, if that's yeah. in fact the case like then that's just another like brilliant musical mind that doesn't get talked about very often that guy's name i don't know aaron doesn't know it yeah. because he doesn't have access to the internet yeah. Like literally, I'm at. I broke into the live. I break into the library every other week to record this thing. Yeah, and to masturbate know, to porn, the right? They know. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Come on, dude. I'm on the internet, Chris. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to Alan and his number three. Let's listen to some music from the number three band or musician that Alan slept on. <laughs> My number three band that I slept on was ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, oh, okay. nice. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know if, if you guys are laughing because it's funny that I like Electric Light Orchestra or, or it's funny that I, I wasn't into Electric Light Orchestra. Um, I was, it's both. Of I was laughing because Aaron burped into the mic. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm pounding chicken nugs. <laughs> um. Anyway, ELO. They have this this kind of like funny, poppy fusion with like uh like these classical overtones and um sort of like this almost kind of like a a Bowie future feel to them as well. Um. But they're they're a lot of fun. Uh, I particularly like because I know Bloodbath's going to ask because he planned this question for everybody. Um, I particularly like uh, what was it out of out of the blue? Yeah, I think is the album. Yeah, a I, I particularly Bloodbath, like. Out he's of the, blue. the uh, he's the digital library over there. He's right. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I, I don't I don't really have that much to say about them. I you know, I just I was never really exposed to them. Um until until I don't know, probably like the last few years. And then yeah. um yeah, they're 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 great. They're a fun listen. I mean they they aren't gonna change your life, but Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, Alan, you just gave me another category of like a way to sleep on a band, which is like the song Mr. Blue Sky is like one of the best songs I've ever heard. I fucking love that song. Correct. That song is and great. It, that's I would say that that song maybe did change my life, like half a percent. Like just a little I bit. Didn't, like that's fair. And I didn't hear that song until I don't, probably like 2017 or something. <laughs> okay. This is in every movie for a while. I I I honestly I yeah. My point was like, 
So there's that one song by ELO that I fucking love. If someone makes me make a list of like the top 10 songs that make me happy, that's for sure going to be on there. But I've like never, ever gone out of my way to listen to an ELO album, which is another way that you could define sleeping on a band, I think. Because they have a song that's like legit fucking incredible. But I'm like, someone's like, hey, on Spotify, you know, ELO has like 37 albums, right? I'm like, eh. (laughs) (laughs) Bloodbath's like, well, I listen to the ELO B-sides every other Wednesday. Out of the Blue is is really good. Um, And then I... A new world record. Sorry, I'm looking at my at my Spotify right now. I think it's the other album that I like that is just really the other song good. that's in yeah. a bunch of a bunch of movies and stuff is that song Evil Woman. That's by them, right? Yeah, Evil Woman is by them. That is not on either of those though. That song is in I feel like it's in like every other movie that I watch. I I think I've heard the name ELO and I I don't think I uh, you mentioned Evil Woman, and I think I know the song you're talking about, but I that's a real woman. blind spot. Yeah, that Bad one. Uh, that's a real blind spot for me. Maybe that's, I'll have to good. check them out. Yeah, this is a this is a good uh, opportunity for all of us to stop sleeping on uh, some of these bands. I'm still currently like fast asleep on the ELO back catalog outside of those two <laughs> outside of those two symbols or singles. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know they made Evil Woman. Like, you guys are so far ahead of me on this top three. I'm just, like, trying not to, you know, step on any toes. Don't worry. We know. (laughs) Good point. I will. All right. uh, Let's move on to Bloodbaths number three. Let's listen to some music first. So when I put my list together again, I tried to go for uh, bands that I feel everybody had something. Everybody was constantly trying to get me to listen to, and I just sort of ignored or didn't, you know, go down that rabbit hole. And I will also say all three of my bands have a theme in common, and that is that each band I would argue you can't listen to like a greatest hits compilation, because that's also where I started trying to listen to music by these people, each band, and it just derailed me a hundred percent. I had to start with actual albums so uh my number three is ween i slept on ween for a long time so ween is a group uh especially in high school i had a lot of friends and people would always tell me uh, a lot of people i worked with you know ween's like the best band they're so awesome they're like my all-time favorite band blah 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 and i just for whatever reason i wasn't into it i didn't really want to listen to anything by them um and again like with slipknot i kind of associated it with like all right, so all the like stoner kids like are super into Ween, like on a cult level. Like they get tattoos by about Ween. They have like, it's like the only band they listen to. It's all they ever talk about. Like, and all they want to do is talk about how there's associations with drugs. Like every, like 
they're, they're describing Wayne and they're like, oh, yeah, and this song's about cocaine. Oh, and then this song is about cocaine. And right here, this song, it's about cocaine. I'm like, fascinating. <laughs> like, amazingly. Wait, bananas and Blow is about cocaine. I, it, believe it or not, dude. Like, that's what they tell me. Um, wow. So I just, I slept on them for a long time. And then, uh, uh, believe it or not, the album that got me into them, uh, they did a country album, uh, 12 Golden Country Hits. Bro. Bro, that album is bro. Point Dexter showed me Ween like five or six years ago, and he was like, "All right, Angle, like I'm gonna play you this because I know if anything will get you to Ween's this." And he played me that country album, and it's 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 very 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 good, dude. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's like kind of what got it started was the country album, and then um, I just sort of realized like, dude, like Ween is awesome just in terms of like, it's just know unparalleled like musicianship that they can play in like all these different genres like i think the fact that i ended up really liking frank zappa is how i was able to start liking ween like just the ability to like do all kinds of different genres of songs and like there's an there's a sin like they just don't take themselves seriously and there's a sincerity to it like i thought that they were trying to be like snarky like again zappa or somebody would be but like they just like they're just like making songs and they don't take themselves super serious and like they just like to have fun and that's definitely like a reflection of like a lot of their music and they have cool side projects too. So, uh, Ween. I just want to say two things very quickly. One Trey Parker and Matt stone, like produced a music video, uh, for one of their songs. And it's very, very cool. And, uh, two, uh, bloodbath said the same thing about Ween that I, that, that I was going to say is they like tally halls are my favorite bands. And I like that because they're able to do a bunch of different genres. Ween is literally like, bro, they have an entire like nautical themed album. Like, right. They, they do, ev- <laughs> they, they do every kind of genre and I'm, I'm kind of like, but you know, I, I, I don't love Ween or anything, but they're like, they're very peaceful. They're, they're like that same feeling you get when you're like, you're like listening to like, the Grateful Dead sometimes where you're just like, oh my God, I could just, I want to be tripping to mushrooms while I'm listening to this. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not a huge, huge fan, but like, I really like that answer because they are like, you know, subtly very, very like good at what they're doing, even though they're never like ever going to attain that like sort of popularity that would, you know, put them over the top. I I really like Wing. Okay. So this is where I, I'm going to turn heel. I read about their whole story behind the Bugnish, or is that the guy's the the dude with the yeah, teeth? I think that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> I'm not sure. And it just really put a bad taste in my mouth. And maybe it's tongue in cheek, kind of how you because I didn't listen to much of their stuff, and I was just it, it kind of turned me off to checking them out. So again, maybe I should. What what is that? Explain that yeah, to the, the audience and and not me and Dave. Um, it's the the little face of the dude who's like on all of their albums and he's mostly oh, right. Keith. and uh I, the the story is something about i think they're tripping on acid and he's like the god of acid or something i don't exactly remember what it is <laughs> that would also turn me off yeah well that is uh that is the creation of people who are doing a bunch of acid well and that I know what you're talking about, Chris, because that was kind of what turned me off, too, because like everybody that was into it, like they kept referring to like that dude. And like it it was like it, they kept saying it's like a cult thing. And like there was all these like they had, like found it in a book and all this other stuff. And it became this whole like backstory. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just not into it or whatever. And I don't know if it's like tongue in cheek or just like something that like the fan. I think it's more like the fans just sort of like ran with that. I don't know. But. 
Gotcha. So it's the Rick and Morty of bands. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, Chris, I told you it was a good idea bringing you on the show, dude. Yeah. Give them some ideas. Their next album is going to be pickle themed. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they already do have a pickle theme. Now. I bet their discography has like 400,000 songs on it for real. Yeah, that's I, I never got into Ween 2. I've like tried a couple times like uh i'm gonna you know take a walk and put a, a ween album on and i always like enjoy it but then i never want to listen to more until the, you know a couple years later when i get that same feeling so like i would say i appreciate them for what they do and their versatility but i'm not really a fan of ween i also waited a long time before i even got that feeling where i was like i'm gonna find out what everyone loves about ween you know like you know, five years ago, I decided that. I'll make this very quick. It's because they have the worst fucking band name of all time. It is a it is a pretty bad band name. Yeah, I think it's intentional. Because it makes you think of Wiener. <laughs> no, def- it's definitely not that. That's it's... that's 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 disrespectful, Chris. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, <laughs> yeah it's cool we're we're friends again um all right let's uh let's move on to chris let's get your number three band that you slept on and we'll listen to some music first no i know that i can't make you stay but where's your heart but where's your heart but where's your no, no. There's nothing I can say To change that part To change that part To change Okay, so, um... My number three is My Chemical Romance. Oh, fuck. Um, Dude, that's a good one. That's a good answer. Uh, I, uh... I think I've heard some songs from them from their three cheers for sweet revenge. And I actually skipped seeing them because they were opening for green day and yeah, we didn't go to see them. And then, uh, the black parade really sold me on them. It was very like, uh, it was their rock opera kind of album. And, uh, it was very grandiose. So it kind of got me. Um, and this was definitely one that after, like I said, after listening to the Black Parade, I went back and listened to their older albums and got into those and, and even kind of into like solo careers of some of the other artists and are some of the guys in the band, uh, Frank Eero and, um, uh, the Way Brothers and stuff. Um, even into like uh, Gerard has like a comic book, so um, it's it's I don't know, it's a little bit uh, it's fun in my opinion. I think. Yeah, um, I feel you. I I would say that, and I I think I probably uh, was close to floating them on my list too, but I think I got on that train pretty quick. Um, I saw them open for Green Day. And they put on a really good live show, and that was, you know, in high school. So it was three cheers. It wasn't uh, Black Parade yet. Um, I I was definitely into them. Um, 
that album and then uh, Black Parade. I I enjoyed. I didn't get into it the way other people did, but it was fun. Um, and and I, you know, it's weird. I almost don't even know if I'd call them emo. I think they're. I think they're. I think they're a little bit more unique. I think they're more goth than they are like emo, um, which is fine. I like that music too. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's I think for sure with uh, with Black Parade. And then they had the one after, which was also like a concept album that they started really messing around with, like some kind of poppy electronica type stuff. Um, and yeah, so I think maybe they may have started emo and kind of transcended the genre. Not to sound like a douchebag, but <laughs> nah, dude, you're good. <laughs> but that's like I've got the douchebag stuff handled on music. Thank you. Yeah. Uh. I also slept on My Chemical Romance really, really hard. And it was because of the way that, like, they dressed in their music videos and the way that, like, in high school, the way the big MCR fans, like, really went wild about it. And I was just like, ah, oh, just fucking calm down. I'm not listening to that band now because of you. Um, but I have a, a really weird reason for why I stopped sleeping on them. And it was because I was hanging out with, I think it was with uh, down at, at OU with Aaron and with Scott. Scott, if you're listening, tell me if this is true. But I think we we're singing karaoke and someone sang the black, like, welcome to the Black Parade song at karaoke. And I was like, this is the best fucking song I've ever heard. And I went and listened and became a fan, like, almost immediately. I had like, okay, so I don't remember that memory. What I will say is I had kind of a similar experience where I would just, you know, when people talked about my chemical romance, I was just like, oh, you mean those people that dress like that, that I'll never listen to. And uh, I remember on like Guitar Hero 3 or Rock Band 1, they had uh, Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. I I think that's the name of the song. And uh, I played it for the first time and I was just like, this is such an e- this is like meatloaf style epic battle type <laughs> shit right here, dude. Um, like it, it, it literally. I was like, oh, like he's like, wait up! I was like, oh boy! I was like, crying. I was just singing it like while crying. Like I, uh, but I didn't do the Dave thing where I, <laughs> where I like was like, all right, I'm gonna go listen to more of their stuff. Like I was kind of like, no, I know I'll hate the rest of their stuff, and also I don't care. I'm trying to pay attention to New Orleans basketball. So I kind of put it off to the side. But that one song is so, so good. Uh, I have it on like my playlist at work because it's it doesn't curse a whole lot. But I had the same reaction. I was just like, uh, whatever, my chemical <laughs> romance. And then I heard Welcome to the Black Parade. And I was like, damn, that song is fucking good. Dude, Aaron's doing that guy who's only seen the Boss Baby thing again. Guy who's only <laughs> listened to Meatloaf. Here's Welcome to the Black Parade. And he's like, yeah, this sounds a lot like Meatloaf. These are, hey, hey, are we, we don't disparage Meatloaf on the podcast. I'm just no, saying. we're not disparaging Meatloaf. We're disparaging you. Oh, oh, okay. Carry on. <laughs> we'll also, carry uh, on. Get it? It's a pun. As... <sighs> All right. It's not well, a, it's, that's not a pun. Everyone, thanks for listening. See you later. Bye everybody. Bye. The thing with uh the thing with MCR2 when I first like started listening to them is when their Riot album came out, which is really really good and it's totally different from, you know, The Black Parade and Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. That album is a good time. And um so it was like, "Oh, I love this song from The Black Parade. Oh, they have a new album. The new album's actually awesome and doesn't sound like the old stuff." So, good pick, Chris. I for sure slept on them, and I did not 
think about them for my list, but I had slept on them real hard. Uh, let's move into number twos then. We're going to listen to some music from my number two that I slept on. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> number two that I stopped on. <laughs> what the f- what? <laughs> That's the funniest joke made Dave's made all year. That's so great. I was happy in the haze of a drunken Heaven knows I'm miserable now I was looking for a job And then I found a job And heaven knows I'm miserable now In my life Alright, my number two is The Smiths. The Smiths are my number two. And the reason is, like, so I knew some people back in high school who listened to The Smiths, and... Whenever I listened, I always just got this kind of feeling like, oh, this is just super fucking dramatic. Like, the way he sings, what he's singing about, like, you know, I'm not in for this melodrama. I was more of like a pop punk, like ska, stuff like that in high school. And the the melodrama and that stuff, I was definitely not there for. And then that was when I first started to hear about, like, Morrissey and the way that he is and all of that. So I just kind of got this feeling like, you know, the music, it was kind of repulsive because of the way he was singing and what he was singing about. And also I was like not quite able to separate the art from the artist at the time. So back then, not a big fan. Uh, It wasn't really until I moved to Korea and I have a good friend from the UK, Alex, who introduced me to the Smiths again. And by that point in my life, I was a little bit ground down and ready to accept the melodrama into my life. So, yeah, that is uh, that is (laughs) that is my rationale for uh, sleeping on the Smiths and then coming back around to them. And now I'm a big fan. Really, really love the Smiths. Like I said, here for the melodrama. Oh, also another awesome thing about the Smiths is there's this Facebook uh, group called Shiba Inus set to the beginning of This Charming Man by the Smiths. And it's just like a Shiba Inu <laughs> on a swing set where it's like... And it's, it's the cutest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, let's uh, let's take it away now. It was their particular album? Uh, actually, the greatest hits. I think the Smiths is a perfect like two disc greatest hits al- uh, band. I don't think that their full albums really hold up. They have a lot of songs that I absolutely hate, but their greatest hits is like the perfect amount for me. Oh, I, I agree a hundred percent on that. Uh, the Queen is Dead's a good one, but um, yeah, dude. Uh, Johnny Marr, the guitar player in the in the Smiths, is like regarded as like just one of the like most underrated guitar players ever. Like. Everything he does is really unique and um, special and just, you know, it's a real like one of a kind style of playing that like like the so many bands have imitated the Smiths. It's ridiculous. Um, All the like indie rock bands that came out when we were in like junior high and high school, like they're like directly like taking a lot of cues from the Smiths. And uh, I, I agree. I mean, like the whole world fucking hates Morrissey. So, I mean, 
you know, you're not alone there, but like for like <laughs> when he was in the Smith and jealous like, of his hair. Yeah. <laughs> um and dude, I don't know, man. I fucking love the Smiths. That's all I can say about it, dude. Like good good choice. There was three Smiths there were three songs by the Smiths in my wedding, so I'm a fan. Yeah, big fan. I and I just I just fucking love how melodramatic the lyrics are now. And I like I hated that back in high school, but I'm just fucking like if a double decker bus crashes into us to die by your side like would be the i forget the sweetest thing or something like that i'm like ah god damn it that's very sweet and also like oh is the lyric uh is the lyric um and if the day came when i felt a natural emotion i'd be so happy i'd jump in the ocean or something and i'm like you uh morrissey you you it's you my dramatic allergies. motherfucker I'm yeah not crying. it's you my dramatic no, I don't cry. I just like kind of smile inside because like sometimes you do just feel super fucking melodramatic sometimes. And he's like 100% leaning into that with a lot of the songs. I also like how it was your friend from the UK that introduced you because I feel like every and woman child in the UK is genetically programmed to like the Smith. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that's true, but like it definitely tracks in my head. So. Yeah, Alan, haven't heard from you in a while. How, how do you feel about the Smiths? I, I honestly, I haven't had much to say about any of the bands uh, that we've <laughs> talked about so far. Um, I can't name a single song by the Smiths. All right. I just can't do it. Um, I'll, send you my, I'll send you my top three to listen to. I would like that. Yeah, thank oh, you. Oh, that's cute. You use top three to send him something. That's cute. That's, that's my secret is uh, I can only think in top threes. So I know um, it's slowly taking over my brain too, Dave. Also, Alan, big respect for like when you don't have things to say about something, you just don't say anything at all. Unlike me and Aaron, who just continuously talk no matter what the subject is <laughs> and how much yeah. we know yeah. about it. <laughs> oh, the Smiths. That reminds me of this Pelicans game I saw in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> That's the second time he's talked about the Pelicans today. On a music podcast. On a music I'm, podcast. So, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris, how about you, man? How do you feel about the Smiths? I guess probably more my frame of reference is Morrissey, like as a solo artist. And yeah. I'm not uh, like a huge fan. Like I said, I, I kind of just uh, know him for the hair. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> And the meat equals murder and stuff like that. Yeah, that kind of stuff. It's weird, man. Like, trying to recommend the Smiths to people, and they're like, yeah, but that's Morrissey, right? Like, Morrissey's a, he's a tool. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But, like, there's three other people in the band. Like, it's kind of like, uh, hey, you should listen to U2. And they're like, well, like, I have to listen to Bono if I listen to U2. And you're like, yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> it's not the whole thing. It's like 75% of it, but it's not the whole thing. It's tough. Yeah, what about the edge? Morsey also is kind of racist. Like, he's said some pretty messed up things about Asian people. I do not doubt that. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing about him and the other things that he's said that would make me doubt. Basically, and he, if you said Morrissey said fucked up thing about, like, insert, like, culture here i'd be like yeah probably i don't know yeah he said bad things about pretty much everything else he talks about 
So, all right, we can move on. Uh, let's go to Aaron's number two that he slept on. <laughs> let's listen to music. To you cowards, then it's gonna be quick. I oh you made up in the jail before. Suck my dick, and all the motherfuckers you run with get done with. Jump quick. How the fuck you gonna post the dog with some bum God damn that song fucking smacks. Alright, my number two <laughs> is gonna be fairly similar to the Smiths in a lot of ways. Uh it's DMX. Uh, is the number two uh, musician slash band that I slept on. So I'm going to go ahead and admit entirely. Okay, so we all know my friend Cody. He's a rapper, right? And that, that's like his whole life. And when we were like in junior high, like high school, I was like, dude, who's your favorite rapper ever? And he was like, DMX, like without without hesitation. I was like, what, for real? Like, Because I, I knew like the two songs. And he was like, bro, DMX is by far the best rapper out there and nobody even comes close. So I listened to a little bit of it and I was like, okay, yeah, he's pretty cool. I like this, but again, just not my style. Uh, and I think this is my second answer in a row where I'm like, oh, now I'm older and I'm angry all the time. So like that kind of stuff appeals to me. Uh, but... I'm going to just completely admit that like when he died, I was like, ah, that's really sad. And people were like posting like his music everywhere. So I'd like click on it because I like DMX and like I probably listened to like six or seven DMX songs in like one day. And I was like, holy shit, I've never heard any of these songs and they're all awesome. Uh, and so I just decided just to listen to everything he ever made just over the course of like a week or two. And he is not the best. I, I think Cody was a little off base on that one, but he he probably is like the most underrated of like the uh, like rappers that got really really popular. I he's angry. Uh, his lyrics are very 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 good. Uh, I, I I like to rate like rappers on can I bop to your music and also not play you in public for fear of like you know starting a riot. And he he, he hits that like every one of his songs is angry. It's very good. I hate it when people bark, but not him. You know, like, so uh, I'm going to keep this short because, like I said, I'm not an expert. It's a very recent <laughs> thing to me. But going back and listen after DMX died, rest in peace, uh, I went back and listened to a lot of his music. And I was like, holy shit, this guy is actually one of the best rappers of all time. And he, he never even popped into my head. So uh, number two, DMX, Bloodbath, take it away. I mean... What do you think I'm going to say, Aaron? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of DMX. Give it to you. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of DMX. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just, I just don't care for anything he's like done musically. Um, but I mean, you know, it's it's a fine pick. I do kind of think it's interesting. Uh, you weren't really into him until he died. And then everybody starts posting videos and songs and lyrics and stuff like that and you start to get into it a little bit more that is sort of like one of the um you know i guess weird benefits of like when these i pop culture icons die is that you can kind of discover you, you're exposed to them a little bit more and you start discovering things you never thought you'd be interested in um so, i mean exactly cool. and it and it like and it like completely like 
you, you know, almost justifies what we're, you know, we're all here on earth to do, which is, I think in some, de- to, to some degree is we all want to be remembered. Like if you're going to die, like if your death can be a catalyst for like more people, like understanding like you and who you are and what your work was like that, that that's a huge thing. And like, I, I, I don't mean to be one of those guys, you know, I was never like somebody who's like, yeah, I love DMX. I just know the two songs, but I was, I was just kind of like, yeah, DMX is cool. Uh, but like I said, dude, just after he died, I was just like, fuck it. I'll just listen to some DMX. A lot of people that I really respect and love are giving him respect and love. Let me let me check it out. And it, it was it was it was just top to bottom. Like he, he's a very, very good rapper. When uh, when the album came out in like 1999 that had Party Up on it, um, I was in it must fifth grade, I guess. And like. I had just learned how to use the riding lawnmower at my house. And I used to listen to that album (laughs) while I mowed the lawn and just like bark along to it. (laughs) He's the only person that can bark that I forgive. It's so I was so, (laughs) so into that album. And uh, I didn't really listen to anything that came out after that. But like, that's my big memory of DMX is riding the, is mowing the lawn and listening to that album in my CD player and just like barking and like just going fucking wild <laughs> on the lawnmower. And oh I'm God, like dude. 11 years old. <laughs> you like live back in that nice area too. So like everybody on the block, we're like, oh, uh, uh, Dave's parents are, uh, they have a crazy kid on their hands. He's just barking. About th- thankfully, they taught him how to mow the lawn so they could get something out of him. Here's the thing. Lawnmowers are fucking loud and like you can't, you, you can't really hear when some, I mean, I wasn't like screaming, but like I was, I was definitely going along with it out loud. And I think it got covered up by the lawnmower. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> that's why my neighbors stopped talking to me as I was getting older. Maybe. Probably not, but maybe. He's, he's just so good. I, I just, I think really, really what you can good. measure like a good rapper on is like, I, I think every, I think what all great rappers have in common and honestly what all great like songwriters have in common is what they're saying. And I think rap music is very easy to be good at and successful, even if it's like shitty as fuck. And, you know, DMX was actually like saying the right things and his lyrics were very good on top of being scary. And, you know, it it all worked. It all worked. I really appreciate him for like, as we got into like the age of like viral video clips and shit like that, you'd always see some video on Twitter of like DMX freestyling on a radio station or something like that. And it would always be just killing it. Yeah. And killing it. Super cool. He's real good. You're right. He's real good. Uh, He, I definitely didn't listen to as much of him as I probably should. Cause I like really respect him as a, as a rapper and as a musician, I just didn't listen a whole lot except for when I was mowing the lawn. (laughs) <laughs> when you were 11 i will say let's we'll, we'll end this and move on but everybody has to go hear him on youtube uh do rudolph the red-nosed reindeer it is it is the best thing and also watch the youtube video where it's the reading rainbow theme song but they splice in dmx sound effects <laughs> it's it's so funny i've seen the rudolph the red-nosed reindeer one but i think i might have to check that one out bro it is literally like top five all-time youtube videos i can't do it out loud because you know why but you gotta go listen to that video i was gonna say like i think like party up is his most famous song 
other than that, I think the Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer thing would be what people like the general people know him the most for. Like our dads, like at some point came across that. <laughs> yeah, because that shit that shit went around social media like pretty hard. So yeah, ex gonna give it to you. Oh, Jesus Christ, Alan, no, you're gonna get no, up Dave, Dave, stop. <laughs> Alan's trying his best. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You can't say that the top two songs are "Party Up" and uh, and the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer thing. Yeah, my point with the uh, the DMX Rudolph thing is just like you know, if you ask somebody who doesn't really listen to hip hop and stuff like that, um, what do you know about DMX? Though they might say like, I know that one song he did, um, or they would say like, oh, I saw on Facebook, I saw Rudolph, him doing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So that's, um, that's just what I meant by that. Um, let's move on to Alan's number two. Alan's number two. Let's listen to some music. My number two musician that I slept on is Marvin Gaye. Ooh. Yeah. Silky. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, Prince, Prince of Soul. Um, so, I mean, that, that kind of says it all. He, he really actually, he, he developed that whole genre of music. The soul, funk, R&B um, genres and, and kind of fused them and weaved in in and out between them um again i don't i don't have a ton to say i just it's not that i ever had anything against marvin gay i just never listened to marvin gay um until until i did and then uh and i haven't stopped i guess uh marvin gay i think is <laughs> as far as albums go i would go Either either a greatest hits album or um the Trouble Man album that he put out for the movie Trouble Man. Um Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> what cuts? All right. Go ahead, Bloodbath. You Bloodbath has something to say. Go ahead. I mean, I I feel you. Like uh I don't think I ever felt a desire to listen to Marvin Gaye until probably the last five or six years like i've like had a huge like soul music awakening and um yeah there's a ton of artists i listen to that i just never did before um i'm not gonna go into all of them right now but i i feel you for sure it (laughs) do you feel like there's like a point in time where like you just felt like you weren't like it wasn't meant not like the music wasn't meant for you but you just felt like you didn't know how to like neck to it and then at a certain point you just say fuck it and you just let it into your heart and it makes you feel warm inside 
I don't even know where to begin with what you just said. Um, <laughs> but what I, what I what I'll say is, I mean, like I said, I it's not like I listened to Marvin Gaye when I was younger and didn't enjoy it. I just really didn't listen to it. I mean, like maybe I had heard a couple songs um, on the radio or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, there there are some really great albums that he put out. Uh, pretty consistently for over the course of, you know, 20 years um, and, until his, until his dad shot him to death. Um, yeah, it's a shit, I pretty, that. pretty brutal way that he died. Yeah. His it dad is. killed him. Yeah. It's the messed, messed up. Um, but I don't know if it was about um, letting, letting soul into my heart. But I do, I do really enjoy uh, soul music, and I uh, especially I like the way uh, that Marvin Gaye brings almost like a gospel vocal feel yes. to this soul and funk music underlying it, um, and it's so it's like crunchy and sweet at the same time, um, and I just I I just love it. Yeah, that's another blind spot for me, like. I kind of just know him as like the uh, like punchline for like sex joke, like sex song guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> which I think probably does a discredit to the work he did. I would imagine. It's at the same time true, but also right. kind of a not raw service but... to like the rest of the music that he did. Because it's not all. Let's get it on. Well, and you know what I think it is. I think Chris is making a good point. Like. Does anybody, is anyone here a fan of Barry White? I would, I would venture to guess no. No, I mean, I love the voice, but I don't listen to Barry White. Yeah, and I feel like that's like the same thing with uh, Marvin. Like, I think I associated Marvin Gaye and Barry White together at a certain point because of like Chris is saying, it's like, well, there's like a constant sex joke about Marvin Gaye and I feel it just sort of got like, you know, congealed in my brain that way. And like, I just didn't, I didn't, I guess maybe I, I thought he was like a novelty artist. Like, he didn't really make like yeah. serious music. Like he just sort of made like these jokey songs. So. Yeah. Like the two songs I can like name is like, let's get it on. And, uh, uh, sexual healing. Like it's like, okay. So both <laughs> yeah. of the songs that I know are about sex. So that must be his shtick. Just, yeah. just really like to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, but I really don't, I don't like listening to songs about sex. So like those two songs are not really songs that I enjoy listening to. Um, but luckily he's not all about that. And he has like hundreds of other songs that are not about that. And they're just about like the five minutes leading up to sex, which is very different. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, that's a good one, Alan. Good pick. Um, let's move on to Bloodbath and get your number two on your list. Listen to some music first. Bells are chiming for victory. There's a page back in history. 45. They came back to the world that they fought for. Didn't turn out just like they thought. For 
My number two is um, Elvis Costello. Um, okay. I okay. You hated the glasses, huh? <laughs> uh, so I I was aware of Elvis Costello. I just don't feel like I ever like got the spark or the like. There was something about him. I just never like felt like I wanted to like, explore like what that was all about. Um, my first exposure to Elvis Costello was in Austin Powers 2 with the spy who shagged me when <laughs> he does a song with Burt Bacharach, um, which <laughs> which is an which they did a whole album together that year. And it's a pretty neat album. Everybody should listen to. But at that point in time, like I just couldn't figure out, like, like, what is this guy doing? Is it it's not, you know, it's not like, you know rock it's not like soul or like something like that it's not like blues at that point in my life when i was that young i just couldn't grasp what like this dude was doing i didn't think it was like anything that i was going to be interested in and then whenever he popped up on my radar again i was just like i think this guy is just like an image like he's just like the dude with glasses so again i didn't really get what he was doing and then when i started to listen to punk music and like new wave and stuff like that um, that's where I guess I kind of felt like he showed up for me. Um, an album that I'd say probably got me into him is his first album. My aim is true. Um, that's his, that to me is like the best example of like his songwriting skills and like his like musicality. Um, if people there, he's kind of divisive. I think there's a lot of people who don't like his music and that's totally fine. I can't really argue. Like he definitely has a specific sound. Um, He's always he has a specific sound for most of his career. He does a lot of weird and different stuff too. Um, I think he has a lot of interesting albums. He's made he made an album with the Roots a couple years ago. That's really fun and interesting. Um, I think he's a really good lyricist. Uh, some somebody wrote an article once and they like this is going to sound weird. They they argued that Elvis Costello was wrote better lyrics than Bob Dylan because. All their lyrics are both really good. Bob Dylan's lyrics, um, like they, it was like seventy five percent of all Bob Dylan's lyrics are references to obscure books and uh, poetry. They like ran it through, uh, like they ran it through some like computer program, and they're like almost all of his lyrics are like pulled out of uh, like little quotes out of books and stuff like that. While Elvis Costello's are all like completely original. Take that for what it is. I don't. I'm not making a judgment call. I just thought it was interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, Elvis Costello is great. He uh, he does this thing the last couple of years when he goes on tour. Um, they just they bring this gigantic uh, spinning uh, wheel with them on stage, and it's got like 50 songs written on it. And they just have fans come up and spin the wheel, and whatever song it lands on, that's what they play. So, like their entire set. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Elvis Costello. Right on. I was yep, just never a fan of Elvis Costello. Uh, I couldn't tell you if I've ever listened to one of his songs. I mean, I'm sure I've come across it sometimes, but just never been a fan. I did buy that Roots album because I love the Roots, and I hated that album. I mean, so I'm blaming it on him. It's not. It's not a great album. I don't think it's bad. I don't listen to it that. I listened to it today because I knew I was going to talk about it, but. Um... 
Yeah, I don't know. He does. I mean, does a lot of. Uh, he he's always taking chances. That's for sure. And it's like, like you said, um, in my mind, it, it, he's just kind of an image. It's like glasses, uh, one of them kind of fedora-looking hats, and a semi-hollow guitar. But I couldn't name a single song, and I don't know if I've ever heard a song. So yeah. I don't know if that's like to his detriment, or maybe it's just something that only I associate with him. Well, it's kind of interesting that his his image has like transcended his music. Like all of us know who, what Elvis Costello looks like, even if we've never listened to anything by him. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. He was, uh, he was banned on Saturday night live for 20 years. Um, lucky him. (laughs) He was, (laughs) he did a musical music performance in 1979 and he was supposed to play, there, I forget what song, but he played. He started playing the song, and they stopped halfway through, and he played another song, "Radio, Radio," and wasn't anything like controversial about it. He just wasn't supposed to do that, so like he got banned for not following the rules. And then in 1999, like Beastie Boys were playing a song, and they stopped in the middle, and he came out, and they like basically reenacted what had happened. They played that same song again. So, uh. Fun fact. I don't know if you guys know this, but Lauren Michaels is a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, little known fact. Um, All right, let's uh, let's move it on from Elvis Costello into Chris. Chris is number two band or musician that he slept on. Let's listen to some music. number two is the strokes um i know they were definitely popular kind of when we were like in high school era age and i remember being in like i think it was either photography or some kind of art class and there was a kid in there i guess there was a guy in there who (laughs) really loved them and i don't know I, i didn't have anything against him but like he talked about it a lot, and I was just like, I I'm never listening to that band because they're one of those. It might have been, but it's one of those the <laughs> bands. Like, and I remember seeing, I think it was the Vines, yeah, one of them playing live on either like MTV or the Grammy or the yeah Grammys or something, and the guy was just like, at the time I thought like drunk off his skull, but I'm pretty sure he was just like. Uh, I don't know. He he had to ban on all of the heroin. He's just Irish. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I was just like, I I just can't get into all this. The 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 bands. Yeah. And um, then I think I heard Room on Fire. Um, from somewhere. I don't know how it came into my possession, but it was. It really kind of changed my opinion of them. 
And uh, I know a lot of people like uh, Is This It, which is their first one, I think. But for me, Room on Fire was kind of my favorite of them. Um, and then they kind of had some meandering stuff. And um, their, I don't know, I, I, uh, I'm going to go to my Spotify. It looks like they put an album out last year. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if I've listened to or not. It may have popped up. But um, yeah, just uh, that. And I think I really got into first impressions of Earth. So like those two albums right back to back, which came out, I guess, when we graduated in 2006. So, But it was definitely a late kind of band for me, for sure. Um, but I think I own them on CD. So it must have not been that late. Your story about hearing somebody who really loved the Strokes talk about them a lot and that being the reason you wouldn't listen to them is why the exact reason I didn't listen to the Strokes and like several other bands too um, because I just got annoyed that someone else was talking about something that they love that I didn't have any experience with, which is a really <laughs> shitty thing to do. But like, it's the truth. I told you I was a fucking hater back in high school, especially I when I considered teenage TV. thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So like I went through a long period of my life, like several years, the strokes were incredibly popular. And I heard last night for the first time, like when I was in college and I was like, oh, this song rules. Like it was the first time I'd ever listened to the strokes, despite like actively talking shit about them for years. And I heard that song. and I was like, oh, this rules. I'm going to listen to the strokes now. And I really got into them. Uh, a lot they have like just so many really fucking good songs and it's just very funny to me that the reason i ignored them for so long is because somebody else really liked them and that annoyed me <laughs> yeah i think it was the song 1251 i heard and uh someone said yeah that's the strokes and i was like well shit i guess i think i like the strokes <laughs> fuck my entire worldview down the toilet just in <laughs> just in a minute um uh, i mean I love the Strokes, and I love that album, and I think that you have... I think your story is almost the same as mine. Um, I wasn't super into them when they first came around. I liked the couple songs that they had on MTV. Um, then I legit listened to 1251, and I was like, oh shit, I think I love this band, and I started uh, like downloading all their music that I could, destroying the family computer in the process, and... Uh, yeah, man, I became a fan, and I think I'm. I think I'm a little bit where you are, where you were with it too, Chris. Where it's sort of like it was. Uh, they had like it's like they had. It's like either people just didn't really hear the Strokes, or like they were super fans, and like that's all I was ever exposed to were like the super fans. I'm just like, okay, guys, like I get it. Like they're an indie band from New York, and like they they're cool. Like like calm the fuck down. So. I, I feel you 100%. Yeah, it's an excellent pick. I think I like, I think I got mad at them because of their like vibe too, because they're cool, you know, like that. I think I got mad at that too. Like it's just a very like, ba uh, like a hatred of the band based in absolutely nothing at all. But it was like one of the strongest for the strokes. Almost like, like the Ramones, like the Ramones were like the New York, we, we made punk rock New York. And like, yeah. they were like, so the, this indie band out of New York, and like, well, we made, we made indie rock cool in New York. 
So it was almost kind of like a, they were, it's the trendsetter, and you're kind of like, well, fuck that guy, because he's cooler than me. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And fuck that person in art class who talked about something that they loved. Fuck that. What an asshole. What a dick. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's move into number ones. Before we go to number ones, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hey, everybody. Before we do our number one picks, we'd like to talk to you about that magical drink, the one that makes this podcast possible. That's right. We're talking about coffee. At a top three podcast, we are in way different time zones. And we record super late at night for the for most of us, actually. And coffee is what makes it all tick. We're proud to share with you one of our favorite local roasteries, Barbell Brew. Barbell Brew provides single origin coffee beans that are air roasted in small batches on location in Troy, Ohio, and they're available for shipping nationwide. Check them out at barbellbrew.com where you can find pre-ground or whole bean coffee in several different varieties or sign up for their Coffee of the Month program for a curated caffeination experience. We also have an exclusive deal for our listeners. 20% off your first order using the promo code TOP3 at checkout. That's the promo code TOP3, that's the number three in there, at checkout, 20% off your first order. Barbell Brew also has a really cool program called Coffee for a Cause, where each month they donate a percent of their profits to a different charity. So follow them at Barbell Brew Coffee Roasters on Facebook and at Barbell Brew Coffee on Instagram. And check our episode description for links to those pages and their website so you can get your coffee on. Support local coffee roasters and taste the difference. All right, back to those number ones. going with uh, some music from my number one band that I slept on. Didn't you know I was waiting on you? Waiting on a dream that had never come true. Didn't you know I was waiting on you? My face turned to stone when I heard the news. When you decide to break the rules. Cause I just heard some real bad news People talk like it's old news I played it off and act like I already knew Let me ask okay. you My number one is actually not a band at all. It is Kanye West. Kanye West is the one that I slept on the most and now I like the most. The biggest difference. Um... I really hated Kanye West because of how much of a dick he is back when College Dropout uh, came out and he was getting all this press and he's like wearing like a fucking crown of thorns and shit like that. And I was like, uh, calm down there, dude. Like, mm, I'm not a big fan. Like there's a Rolling Stone cover of him with like a crown of thorns on and like some weird fucking headline. And I was like, I'm not listening to this guy. Fuck that guy. And then that 
went into college. Uh, someone told me to listen to Graduation. And I was in like a mindset where I was like, I hate rappers who sample a lot. Where, where it's just really stupid because like a lot of beats are just samples that you just don't know already. But like that one has a song where he samples Steely Dan. And I was like, eh. And then that continued more. And then someone finally, like later, I listened to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And I was like, this is the fucking best. Okay, Kanye, you're in. And then I got, I had a like a breakup and I was real sad. And I listened to 808s and Heartbreak. And I was like, this is the best fucking album ever. And just, I'm a huge fan of Kanye now. He like up through My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. But I went through a long period of time where I was like, fuck Kanye West, not listening to this guy. Chill out, dude. You're not that great like that. So that's my number one, Kanye. Yeah, dude, Kanye West is my uh, favorite rapper of all time, man. Uh, I wanted to put him on the list, but I, I was never like that person that was like, oh, hey, I really hate Kanye West. So, And, and, and I feel with all of our number ones, like I, at least with mine, Dave, is that like it's a band that you were just like or something that you're just like man fuck that shit dude and yeah. <laughs> uh then and and then it turned into something that you listen to on a semi-regular basis so uh i i i love kanye uh i i never listened to him and then luke uh who's on the podcast earlier the or earlier last season uh was like hey my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is coming out let's smoke five blunts and just listen to it straight through. And I was like, okay, cool. And like halfway through the first song, I was like, oh, this is like different. Uh, so I listened to it all the way through, thought it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and then went back and listened to the rest of what he had. And every six months I have a rediscovery for Kanye West. Like the worse it gets for we him, aware. the more I try to remind myself of what it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, dude, I, I totally agree. I wanted to put him on my list, but I, I, I there was never like a flip. It was just kind of like, oh, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is the first, you know, real exposure I had to him. So I couldn't put him on there. Yeah. It's like the pinnacle of like you separate the art from the artist kind of thing. Yeah. It's, I, I it's honestly one of the feel big... like, yeah, I honestly feel like he's probably not a super great person to be around. Like, uh, I just feel like it would be. Um, exhausting. Sometimes art comes from stuff like that, and I try to understand that as best I can. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've on my list. I talked about Morrissey already, and now I'm talking about Kanye. There's a lot of like separating the art <laughs> from the artist, which maybe I wasn't the best at um, back in the day. But yeah, that's a that's a good call, Kanye, especially like because he's in the news all the goddamn time. And it's just like a constant assault on your willpower to keep separating the art from the artist uh, with Kanye. Like, yeah, I don't hear about what the fuck Morrissey's doing anymore. But you, I mean, I look on social media and I see shit about Kanye every week. So he's changed his name to E now, isn't he? Or yay or whatever. Dude, I, if, if that was real, it wouldn't surprise me. What's real? All. He's he's legally changed his name to Ye. I saw that the other day, too. Uh, Jesus Christ. Like, like Y-E? Yeah, it's like, I think it's his nickname, like, commonly. I don't know if it's pronounced like <laughs> or yay. It's, it's yeah, better than yeah. Meta World Peace. I'll say that. 
it's, this is just the next in a long line of things that are testing my commitment to separate Kanye the person from Kanye the the rapper, the artist. So, it may be a better name than Meta World Peace, but can he rebound? <laughs> I bet, dude. I, I know. Like, let's chill. Like Kanye, little thick boy, dude. He's he, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if he's playing, just gets like some neighborhood motherfuckers. Like, he's gonna go out and get five rebounds, even if he can't shoot. Let's not play here. All right. Well, yeah, that's my number one, Kanye. Um, and like also within my Kanye fandom, I slept super hard on the album 808s and Heartbreak, which I go back and forth on whether 808s or My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is my favorite Kanye. I think they're both basically perfect albums. Um, so, yeah, even within that fandom, I had like one album that I slept on super hard. So um, let's move to Aaron. And his number one, let's listen to some music. Things are shaping up to be pretty odd. Little deaths in musical beds. So it seems of someone I never met. You will only hear these elegant crimes. Fall on your ears from criminal times. A pretty mouth When everybody gets there Everybody gets there And everybody gets their way Alright uh, So my number one for the reason that like When people told me to listen to them In like high school I was like no I'm not a piece of shit And now I have multiple songs That make their way through my head On a weekly basis My number one is going to be Panic at the Disco uh, uh, you are a piece of shit. I know. <laughs> shut up. You love them too. Shut up. I know. I super love them. <laughs> shut up, Chris. This is how we became really good friends. Uh, so, um, basically everything that everybody said about my chemical romance and what put them off about uh, them is exactly why I put off Panic at the Disco. I was just like, like, oh, and also first band on uh, the list that I can uh, say somebody's name from that I remember that Brandon Yuri, right? That dude has the best voice in the history of human voices. It is so stupid. <laughs> and like, I, I, and like, Captain man, Hyperbole like, strikes again. <laughs> Dave, I'm right. And also, I'm very <laughs> hyperbolic. But so, what, what I'll say is like, uh, I, I, they have like four or five albums. I only like the first two, but I really, really like the first two albums. Uh, he's a wonderful singer. The guitar player is, I don't know his name super underrated um but specifically their second album pretty odd they uh so their first album was really really good it's 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 it's, it's very rocky it's very fast and in uh their second album i think they replaced like uh two two of the members in their band or something like that and then uh brendan Neary wrote uh pretty odd and it's it's a very weird album if you already know, like if your impression of the panic of the disco uh is what it was after their first but it's one of my favorite albums. Like, it's a top three favorite album for me. I, I think, again, it's like one of those things where most of the albums smack. Um, but back to why it relates to what I'm saying. Uh, it, they, they just, I used to hate so hard. Have you ever even listened to Panic of the Disco? No, 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 I'm not lame. And then now it's just like, I'm the guy saying like, hey, have you really ever listened to Panic of the Disco? Because <laughs> they're awesome. Uh, so I'm done here. Panic at the disco with the exclamation point somewhere in the name. Number one. I think it's after panic. 
It is. I also think it's after Panic. Is there is there punctuation after at the disco? Nope. No. Hmm. All right. So here's my reason for hating Panic at the Disco, uh, because like on paper, the first Panic at the Disco album is something that I should have loved at the time. But the reason I hated it is because their song titles are extremely long and it bothered me. And I was like, you pretentious piece of shit. Piece of shit. You don't even say that in the song. What are you doing? Lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off. That's a that's song a great, title. That's a great song title. It's a I good, actually love it's that. It's a good song, but like at the time, I was like, you pieces of shit. Like, how fucking full of yourself are you? Yeah, just your song title is 16 motion. words long. <laughs> Who did it first, them or Fall Out Boy? That was a reason I hated Fall Out Boy, too. Fall Out Boy was on my short list of honorable mentions. I considered him. Aaron... You actually recommended that pretty odd album to me, and I did what I normally do when you recommend things to me, which is I said like, "Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm happy for you." Disregarded. But that uh, that album is really good, and it's like you said earlier with, uh, like we talked about earlier with Ween. Uh, that pretty odd album has a bunch of different genres and like it, it different shows sounds range, dude. Yeah, yeah they really they, they have a yeah. yeah they have a bluegrass album they have a whole song with ukulele dude which is like two like that was when i first started playing ukulele like that was the first song i learned how to play i was like well there's a you that's my favorite ukulele song i gotta know that but here's the weird thing like in you know i'm not going to go too much into this but like when i want to learn a song my ukulele i can only do very basic things like chords and whatever so if i see a like if i go to like find a song that has like a really crazy chord progression i'm like oh whatever music these guys are really making is probably pretty complex and kind of brilliant uh and, and and like i said if anybody has any doubt in their head that panic is you know lame or whatever just go listen to that second album I, I didn't think I would either, but it was just, it's one of my favorites. It's very good. All right. Fair enough. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Panic at the Disco. Big surprise. So. Yeah. Like a hate on it. They've kind of, they've kind of worked their way in. I'm, uh, I'm not mad at them. I, although I do think that um, Panic at the Disco, along with like the Killers and, maybe fallout boy have like kind of graduated into like arena rock and i think that their new stuff is it's so bad it's so, so bad. bad it's so bad dude and that's, and the, that's same, why I said, the same applies the to two. the new stuff the same applies to the new stuff by the killers and uh and fallout boy too they're all awful um the but those first two albums i'm with you so um let's move on let's get alan's number one and let's hear some music first. number one is dave matthews band um uh-huh. so yeah i know uh-huh. uh-huh so i spent i spent uh-huh. many uh-huh. years uh-huh. I, uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes 
Uh, I spent many years making fun of Dave Matthews band. Um, I went out of my way to do it. Um, and I think it was like you guys were saying, mostly about the people that listened to Dave Matthews band. hundred uh, percent. Also, Alan, this was your number. This was on your list of things we used to hate, but now we love. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, right. And I didn't, I didn't even listen to it to hate it. It was just a, a matter of, you know, that was that was the whole thing. That's what I was just saying is that. Yeah, that's super wasn't cool, even man. about the music. Right. I mean, but now now. Um, I mean, little let alone. I mean, the music is great, but one of the things that I like most about what he does is um, he puts out live albums like every single year. He calls them live tracks and he's put out like 35 of them and they're just full shows um from his tour because he tours every summer beginning to end so you know you hear him talking to the crowd and playing games with them and then you know they're a jam band so his six minute long album songs um wind up being you know 18 minutes long or something like that it's just it's it's a lot of fun um so yeah dave matthews band that's really surprising to me uh unless you unless you like got into them later than i'm picturing because like you really love tom petty and tom petty and dave matthews band are very similar vibes uh to me concert concert wise for sure yeah i i mean i think that they're very i mean i guess maybe maybe they're the way they act on stage maybe but I really don't even think so, but their sounds entirely different. Maybe like, yeah, like the music itself, but like, I, I think a lot of people who like Dave Matthews um, are in it for like some kind of vibe that they get from him. And it's a very similar vibe that I always got from Tom Petty too. In fairness, Alan, to Dave's point, I do remember going to see Tom Petty with you the first time. And there was that dude that came up to us I think he had a crush on you, but he wouldn't leave us alone and kept talking to you. And he just kept saying, oh, yeah, it's my first time seeing Tom Petty, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I saw Dave Matthews last summer. And I saw like Dave the summer before that. I saw him three times. Like he rattled off like 15 Dave Matthews band concert who, concerts he had gone to while we were at Tom Petty. So, I mean, I don't know. Dave might have something there. I I don't know. I mean. Tom Petty, I don't remember him because I, I guess I've probably seen Tom Petty three times or something like that. I don't go to a ton of shows, but I've seen Tom Petty a few times. Yeah. Um, you know, for the for the traditional reasons of why one goes to a Tom Petty show. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, the food, the food and the expensive beer and to, you know, <laughs> get bitten by mosquitoes. So, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, Bill's but I, character. I don't remember him like really being all that much fun on stage. He was, I, I don't know, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. But I I misremember many many things. Um, uh, like if that's what if that's the way that you saw it, it's just like a vibe I get from them, regardless of how they're acting. Like, you know, Dave Matthews on stage is like is like your buddy. He's like a buddy with like the whole crowd and like right. 
I don't think Tom Petty had that, but like you, you do get like a relaxing, like really chill vibe at a Tom Petty show. Um, that's the same way I imagine. That's called a contact buzz, Dave. Well, that happens at the Dave Matthews show too. So checkmate, Alan. Yeah, I mean Tom Petty's Tom Petty's a rock star. He's from that world, and I don't think Dave Matthews lives in that world as much. But I have to agree, like with Alan, like I never I made fun of Dave Matthews band for years. I never listened to him. And then um uh Carl Adkins, like he got me into him big time and like yeah, dude, like they rock. I I love Dave Matthews band. Um and like I I think they're one of those bands where like I think you have a perception of like the kind of music they play. It's like if you go back if you go through and listen to their dis- discography, you're like, oh, like they like they play a lot of different kinds of music. Like they have like their they songs at all. Yeah, their songs have lots of different vibes to them. I thought they were I just was like, oh, they're just a jam band with like a fiddler. And I'm like, I'm just not into it. And then like you go through, <laughs> you listen to their songs, it, even their hits. And you're like, oh, like there there's lots of different stuff going on here. And like I like feel real silly when you kind of like put them in that box. Yeah, and I think they're like an easy band. They're like an easy target because a they're fairly popular, I would say for sure. And also, just kind of the way he sings is like an easy one to like make fun of, like Pearl Jam or uh, Scott Stapp from Creed, or you kind of got like a voice that you can easily do. Yeah, yeah there's like there's uh, a lot of there's a lot of caricature to his singing style. There is, there is. The the fandom is really what makes Dave Matthews an easy ta- an easy target for like being a hater. I think because the Dave Matthews fans are like in in like all capital letters Dave Matthews fans. You know they are rabid. Yeah, I've you know I've people who talk about Dave Matthews are not people who are like you know oh I like a you know handful of songs like I went to one concert one time. It, I feel like you you talk to enough people that are like, yeah, I see Dave Matthews three times every summer. It's uh, it's kind of my thing. And you're like, okay, <laughs> all right. I think real fans call it Dave Matthews. It's just Dave, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just Dave. Yeah, which I take, Dave. you know, I take, uh, you know, I take issue with that because I was here first. <laughs> I, I just want to say one cool like Dave Matthews story is uh, or at least that I heard from uh, Sean Grindle. You know, I'm talking about Chris, huge Dave Matthews guy. Uh, but yeah. he told me he told me that they were uh, looking for a new bass player and they were just like going like just touring around. And they uh, came across this uh, young guy at college uh, who was just playing bass in this band. And he went up to him afterwards and was like, Hey dude, like I want you to come play with Dave Matthews band. This guy was like really, really, really close to like graduating from like grad school. Uh, and he was supposed to take a final like the next day. And, uh, he went and just left a note at his teacher's desk. I was like, Hey, uh, I'm, uh, I'm quitting school. I'm going to go play for the Dave Matthews band. And that's really cool because like, as far as I'm to understand, like that's kind of how he put, put his band together because he started off just doing like dumb shit in louisiana and like he you know just kind of found people along the way that that's really really cool and they put on one of the best live shows you know i've ever seen not in a lot like in person because like i don't do that but i've I've seen their (laughs) like i've seen their like live uh stuff and it's very 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 good like half of them look homeless (laughs) yes dude because he he picked them off 
fucking Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard 20 minutes ago, dude. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. Uh, big props to uh, Dave Matthews Band for being like a band that like you can just like go to a show, even if you don't know any of the songs or even like have listened to the band before and you'll probably have a good time. It's got something to be said for that. So um, let's move to Bloodbath and get Bloodbath's number one. And we'll listen to some music beforehand. A public service announcement followed me home the other day. I hate it, never mind. Go away. Shit so thick you can stir with a stick, free Teflon, whitewash, presidency, we're sick of being shirked around. Wear that on your sleeve. Broadcast me a joyful noise and two times, Lord, count your blessings. We're sick of being checked around. We all fall down. Okay. So my number one might surprise a lot of people. Uh, I never really listened to this band before, and then I started slowly uh, checking them out, and they have become probably my top, one of my favorite bands of all time. The list is always ever-changing, but like I might on a given day say they are my favorite band. Uh, that is R.E.M. Oh, man. I had totally pegged you as someone who loved R.E.M. from like the first time you heard. Them. I never disliked him, but like so I just I really never had any exposure to him. And then uh, in college, when I was working at the radio station, I just grabbed their like greatest hits, like double CD that had come out around that time. And I put it on my laptop and I um, you know. Again, my like whole argument was always like it's they're a band that I feel like the greatest hits like don't like come out very like like not a super great representation of the band. Um, you know, like growing up, I had heard um, using my religion and it's in the world as we know it. But and I just like I was like, oh, like I'm just, I don't know, they're just a band. I'm not like they just don't really do anything for me. And then uh, a few years ago, I just started going down the rabbit hole of like listening to rem and i just became a mega fan um i have all their albums on vinyl um i searched them all out because some of them are hard to find um they are legit my favorite band uh the album that probably got me into them the most is either automatic for the people or document uh, documents the one they did in the 80s that has uh end of the world as we know it on it um all their song like they do they have a they have an extremely unique sound. Their sound from album to album, I wouldn't say does like like changes a ton. You always they always sound like REM, but like they're always doing something interesting and different. Um, they kind of created that like college radio sound, that indie like early indie rock sound. Like it's them. Um, like they have amazing lyrics. They're like you know they're just for their, their guitar work is super innovative i mean just i mean they are just great dude i i cannot say enough good things about them um and again like to me it's like you have to deep like you almost have to start their first album and work your way up like everything like i mean, i, I can safely say i can listen to every single one of their albums for like start to finish and never like skip a song um they're just great right on I've always like been very cool with 
REM, but never super into them. Like I can listen to an REM album all the way through and I'll enjoy it. But like, I don't really go seek out, you know, listening to a whole REM album, but I've always been generally like good with them. They're really good. I mean, I agree with you. They're, they're a good band and they have an extremely unique sound. Um, I can't really like describe what it is, but you're right. Nobody else sounds like REM. They, and all of their albums are different, but they always sound like REM, you know? Yeah. They always sound like REM and they're, they're always like, they always find a way to, they also like, they, none of their albums have like filler on it. Like every, like some of their albums have more songs than others. Um, Some are longer than others, but I mean like, like every song is like purposefully on there and on there for a reason. And, you know, just everything's got, you know, there, everything has such like a vibe and like first album came out in 83. And so I would say that like that album has like, you can kind of like, you can hear a little bit like, yeah, like that's early eighties. And then like some of the next ones you're like, yep, that's a little bit more into the eighties. And then when they get in the nineties, like their sound like evolves and changes. Like it's never like, it's never trendy. Like they were never like chasing a trend that was going on, but like, you can kind of see how like, you know, they, you know, just the different decades, like they differently have like a different sound, different tone, like the lyrics have a different vibe. Like there's just, I don't know, like, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to, I'll sit here for four more hours to talk about REM um, if I don't stop. So I just, they're, they're great. Everybody should listen to REM. I'm more than willing to make a playlist and put it on Spotify for people to listen to. Like, they're just, they are my favorite band. I think I kindly, kind of only really know their hits. And uh, like, oh, I've probably listened to it's the end of the world as we know it on loop. Like I don't know, like a year or two ago when it was the end of the world as we knew it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was, it was just one of those kind of things that uh, I know that song, so I played it a bunch. And but it never really sparked me to listen to anything else from them. And I don't know, maybe maybe it's something I should do because I I jam that song like ten times in a row, like every day. Yeah, dude, me and Aaron used to drive around and uh, like listen and sing along with It's the End of the World as we know it in high school. Uh, like both of us memorized all the words to that song. Very <laughs> something cool about both of us and definitely not the reason why we were single in high school. This is definitely not the reason. I still know every word. <laughs> and it, it, I like, you know, Chris, like too. I like, like REM a lot. Go ahead, Alan. Alan. I was it. just going to say, I like R.E.M. a lot. Um, I don't know if I agree that a greatest hits album isn't the best way to listen to them, though. I mean, just because of the volume of stuff there are. Or there is yeah. there, the, the volume of their work. But I also wanted to... So this is this is your favorite band, Bloodbath? It, it's in... A, I can't give you a definitive ranking, but like it's up there. Like On any given day, I mean, it's at least in the top five very cool i mean does that surprise you or is it did you think i was gonna say somebody else it does surprise me a little bit but okay you know not not that there's anything wrong with it but i just didn't know that about you buddy oh yeah man if you if you saw my uh if you saw my spotify it would make sense to you because it's constantly coming up in the rotation (laughs) like how like how REM like at the end of the year when the Spotify is like these are the top five songs you played this year how like it's not an REM song blows me away. 
Spotify thinks I'm a boomer. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's something like that's it's kind of daunting with a lot of these uh, older bands, like super prolific bands. If you're like, oh, like we heard them talk about REM on the podcast, want to check out REM, like Chris said. But then you go on Spotify and you're like, oh, they released an album every year for like 25 straight years. This is <laughs> a lot. It's kind of tough. So, um, let's uh, let's move on from REM and get Chris's number one. Let's finish this up and listen to some music first. My number one is the Mars Volta. They are a like progressive rock, experimental kind of rock type band. And I don't think I got into them until after they were no longer a band anymore. And like outside of like, I don't know, like the 70s progressive rock bands, these guys are like the quintessential like progressive rock band, like all concept albums named shit like deloused in the comatorium and yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> weird weird kind of stuff weird lyrics weird concepts but just like uh, it's the 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 talent in the band is is impressive and the musicianship is just pretty pretty off the wall they're um they're it's it, it's it's hard to describe in words and i know that kind of sounds stupid but uh it's it's interesting to listen to um like a full album through when it's kind of supposed to be it's all supposed to kind of be like I said it's one concept so it's just weird to me that i got into that i guess because i'm not even 100 percent positive how i ran into them and um it uh it kind of took me for a loop the first time I heard, I think their, um, I think this the album was Bedlam and Goliath, and it's it's kind of a I don't even I can't fully describe what it's about, honestly, uh, but I think it has to do with like, I don't know, maybe some biblical stuff or something, but it's like two guys pretty consistently, um, and they they've been in a bunch of different other bands and they've had like. I don't know, dozens of members. I think Flea was even a member at one point. Yeah, that's how I first heard about them is because Flea was involved. Yeah. So it's it's just it's it's really it's really kind of off the wall. And uh I don't think it's everybody's taste. But I I really I really got into a Mars Volta hole like the first time after hearing one of their albums, I listened to like all their albums in order straight through like for like a month 
and I they're probably still one of my favorite bands when it when I want to like listen to something kind of off the wall, I guess. I'm a big Mars Volta fan. Um, I mean, I mean, mainly the first two albums. I think the ones that come after that, like they start dipping in quality a little bit. Um, and yeah, that the first two albums, uh, Delos and the Crematorium, and Francis the Mute. Uh, that was um, Cedric and Omar the singing and uh, playing guitar, and then Flea was on the bass, and Dave Grohl played drums. Then they took that lineup a couple of years ago, and they made a side project called Anti-Mask uh, with that same group, and that's a really great album. Um, but uh, yeah, Mars Volta's great. Um, you know, like, yeah, they are definitely not everyone's cup of tea. Like, you have to, like, really be down for... No, progressive, psychedelic, just absolute, like, lots of screaming uh, lyrics in different languages and um, just absolute, like, insanity. Like pretty, I think, average, like, 10-minute song length, yeah. if you took all of their songs. That's another thing about them. Um, they're making, they're 100% making music for, like, people that want to listen to what they want to do. They're... There is no like chasing radio play with the Mars Volta. Yeah. I think I heard the X play a Mars Volta song once. Like it was, you know, it was like a one and done. They're like, okay, we're not doing that again. <laughs> yeah. Why did, why did our Nielsen rating drop so far? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, have you like, um, have you listened to uh, any of uh, Omar's like albums? He usually just like none of his, none of his solo stuff. I listened to At the Drive-In, which was their two band, uh, Omar and uh, Cedric's band. Yeah, I think was it the two of them before. It was the two of them before, um, and they had a they had a. I think it was a different. Was, I think it was a different singer because he killed himself, and then that's when they made the Mars Volta. I didn't know that. But no, his solo album, like his, like he's got. 25 or 30 solo albums and like they're just him playing guitar like almost nothing else and uh i yeah there was a there was a period in college where i went down like a, a real uh um black hole with him man like i just i i could not stop um checking out all of his other music and like i mean it's cool but it like it is just like you know thousand and minute guitar solos um so it's a little, uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a deep dive for sure. But uh, that's a great band. Yeah, it's a good pick, man. All right, so let's move into honorable mentions, and we're gonna go lightning round style with honorable mentions. Um, my honorable mention band that I slept on is Fall Out Boy. We mentioned them earlier before. Um, a combination of their song titles are long, and that's annoying. Uh, some friends of mine really like them. That's annoying. And <laughs> uh, I was also like a, a big fan of a lot of other like pop punk bands. And then like Fall Out Boy burst on the scene and I was like, get the fuck out of here. This is nothing. So that's mine. Fall Out Boy. Um, Aaron, how about you? What's your honorable mention? Uh, my honorable mention is Lady Gaga. Uh, she's a good musician, great vocalist, good songwriter. Uh, slept on her because everybody liked her in college, but she's very, very good. So, Lady Gaga. It's another fan base that could be super annoying uh, if you're not part of the fan base. Uh, Alan, what's your honorable mention? 
my honorable name, uh, honorable mention is uh, the Foo Fighters. Um, Bloodbath, what's yours? My honorable mention is the band. Hmm. The band. The band. All right. The band. Yeah. All right. And Chris, what's your honorable mention? Uh, I kind of cheated for this one, but just uh, like post hardcore music in general. Yeah, fair enough. You you can sleep on a whole genre. Yeah, it wasn't really anything I was super into. Like, I feel like I diverted towards the more uh, emo, like instead of post hardcore. So I got into them, like Taking Back Sunday and uh, some of the newer ones, like Dance Gavit Dance. So fair. All right, let's move into our listener responses for bands and musicians that people slept on. Um, starting with Chad whose number three is Trivium, good band. Number two is Thrice, and number one is Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons gets a lot of hate. Uh, they leave me feeling empty, but I can't, I don't really hate them. All right, next up we have Tyler. Uh, his number three is Anderson Pock. His number two is Mac Miller, and his number one is Sublime. Yeah, Tyler said it was uh, kind of like uh, the DMX answer earlier, Mac Miller, after he died, a lot of people got a chance to like kind of focus on Mac Miller a little bit and uh, listen for the first time. And that was what Tyler said. Uh, next up, we have Case, whose number three is Feist. Number two is Say Anything. And number one is Postmodern Jukebox, all in lowercase letters. That's just laziness on my part. I don't think that's an artistic decision by them. All right. Next up, we have Rat Boy, who has an incomplete list. So Rat Boy's number three, I'm going to say, is Mac DeMarco. <laughs> His number two is King Cruel. Really, uh, He really uh, slept on all those Pitchfork reviews. And his number one is... Classic Rat Boy. Classic. His number one is Slipknot. Slipknot's his real answer. But, <laughs> you know, Rat Boy was always just talking crazy shit about Mac DeMarco. Yeah. What a... Okay. We got uh, Jim. His number three was Panic at the Disco, which we talked about. Number two, Maroon 5. And number one, Metallica, with an honorable mention to ACDC. Those are some hard bands to sleep on. Yeah. A uh, real quick sidebar about Maroon 5. Jim lived in Korea um, before I moved out to Korea. Jim was the first to go out here of people I knew. And Maroon 5 was huge in Korea. Like, when I say huge, I mean, like, all the kids at school knew the words to the song Sugar when that song came out they were like massively popular here. You know how you always hear about bands that like find popularity in some other country, like massive popularity. Um, like at the end of Spinal Tap, when Spinal Tap is like, oh, by the way, you're like crazy famous in Japan. Uh, that was Maroon 5 in Korea. Like they're popular in the US, but it's like it was like a craze in Korea. Um, moving on, we have Craig whose number three is Haim. I don't know if 
I think that's the right way to pronounce it. Uh, number two is Talking Heads, and number one is John Mayer. John Mayer is a good, good answer for this. It's Hiam. Hiam? God damn it. That's all right. Podcast is done, everyone. Go home. <laughs> Turn in your microphones. <laughs> all right. Next up, we have Chris. Uh, his number three is The Shins. His number two is Death Cab for Cutie. Number one, Led Zeppelin, in an honorable mention to Two Door Cinema Club. The Shins is another good one. I don't know that one. band at all. Two Door Cinema Club? Yeah. I like The Shins. They got a weird album cover with a lady like going into the ceiling, uh, like a Freddy Krueger thing. Hmm. Next up, we have Ryan, whose number three is the Zach Brown Band. Number two is Shinedown, and number one is the Dave Matthews Band, with an honorable mention of Imagine Dragons. All right, now we have Gordon with his number three, The Grateful Dead. Number two, Jimmy Buffett. What she said was a, a, a back and forth. That was a into it, then nah, I'm sleeping on this, and then nah, I'm awake again. And number one, Slipknot. And he also said he had one honorable mention that was a reversal, which was, um, oh shit, what did he say? Uh, fish. Reversal, <laughs> reversal was fish, where he was into it, and then he's like, now I'm going to sleep on this the rest of my life. Dude, Gordon has an extreme dichotomy here that I fucking love. He's got fish, Grateful Dead, and Jimmy Buffett, which are all like, you know, they occupy one area of the music like scene, and then fucking Slipknot which is like the polar opposite. Oh yeah. Go to the Slipknot show, get fucking mad. And then you go see fish and the grateful dead and Jimmy Buffett. And you're just like dancing nicely along with it. Yeah, man. (laughs) All right. And that's uh, all of our listener responses. Thank you everybody for uh, writing in your responses. Um, If you would like to participate in further episodes, make sure you keep your eyes out on our social media pages at a top three podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll put out the calls on uh, Fridays in the U S and leave your top threes and we will include them in the show. So that's going to do it for this episode of a top three podcast. Thank you, uh, Aaron. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, bloodbath. And thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for joining us, man. It was a lot of fun, guys. Good to have you, dude. Um, so, Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody.